0: Did you know that nearly 9 out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit realtorcom Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential.
1: You know, people sometimes refer to us as a luxury company. And I say, luxury doesn't mean the price point, it means the level of service and care that we give to agents and to our clients. And I think that's a little way that we distinguish ourselves from the others that we really care about, even if whether it's a rental or a high-end property, we want it to show up incredibly well. And we want people to feel like they're being seen and heard, agents and clients alike that keeps us like i said it's like we are a bit of a mom and pop we care about the details and that i think is special especially in today's environment tracy especially
0: welcome to the real Trending podcast where your host tracy belt editorial director of real trends interviews the brightest minds in real estate each week brokerage leaders top agents team leaders and industry experts join tracy to share trends their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry.
2: Hi, I'm McKenna Clay, Events and Programs Specialist here at HW Media, and I am here to invite you today to our next event this summer. You might be wondering, how do you build a resilient brokerage? Or how are execs at companies like Remax and Keller Williams being strategic? Well, you can learn from the greatest minds in real estate at this year's Gathering of Eagles event. Join us in Austin, Texas, June 18th through 21st, as we bring together the most elite brokerage, association and team leaders, C-suite leaders, and top producing agents to grow, network, and really set the pace for what's next in our industry. As a valued podcast listener, we're offering 25% off the event just for you. Use the code PODCAST23 on the events page on Realtrends.com. Again, that is PODCAST23, and we can't wait to see you in Austin.
3: welcome to the real trending podcast where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership growth business strategy and trends i'm your host tracy Velt. i am the senior director of data and content for hw media which includes real trends and housing wire and today i'd like to welcome one of our 2023 real trends game changers bess friedman ceo of brown harris stevens Her brokerage grew 163% over the past five years by transaction side percentage based on Realtrends 500 data. Um, We'll dig into her business model, uh, how she grew the brokerage, and what the future holds for her firm. So welcome, Bess.
1: Thank you so much, Tracy. It's really, it's a pleasure to be here with you.
3: Yeah. And, um, obviously, uh, you know, that growth is very impressive. So let's talk a little bit about, we'll just start with that. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, some of the things that have happened in the past five years. Have you had some mergers, acquisitions? Obviously, a lot of that was also organic growth. So, um, tell me a little bit about how your growth, um, evolved over the past five years.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, obviously we have our, Regular recruiting, which is it would never be a level like that, uh, but we did absorb Halstead. Uh, during the pandemic. And Brown Hair Stevens is a legacy company. We ce- we're celebrating 150 years in business this year. And Halstead is a younger company, but had the same ownership. And so during the pandemic, you know, I was asked to merge the companies or absorb Halstead. So a big portion of our growth is attributable to that. And it was a great thing for us because Hallstead brought in a lot of creativity, innovation, excitement, new leadership and a talent pool of agents that is phenomenal. Uh, We had a huge party in January to celebrate our 150th anniversary. And it was the first time that Brown Harris Stevens and Halstead agents, which are now Brown Harris Stevens all together, got together to cut the rug, have some fun. And it was just fire. It was fun. It, It was the perfect compliment coming together. So that's a lot of our growth. But we do hire uh, new agents. Um, We don't we don't aggressively recruit the way that many of the firms are doing, you know, and paying and doing all those things. But we do hire uh, agents, um, and we do a a good job of that uh, as well. So I want to dig a little bit deeper into that um,
3: with your recruiting strategy and or really maybe it's more of an attraction strategy, honestly. Um, You know, you have a very well-known name um, in the industry um, and a lot of respect. Uh, So what do you have? Like, do you have a recruiter or do you um, do you handle a lot of that yourself, your managers, your agents? Talk to me a little bit about your strategy for for growth.
1: Yeah, I mean, so you know, it's interesting. You know, so much has changed, Tracy. Just even in the last decade, it's a very different landscape than it was. Um, I, 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 we don't have a recruiter the way that a lot of companies do, and I see the text messages because the agents share them with me. You know, they get these aggressive sort of. Sort of like trying to, you know, get a a stranger to go out with you, you know? And so we don't do that. It's not, it wouldn't be in line with our culture, but yes, we do. A lot of times we have a great executive team. We'll have agents from the community who are unhappy, who will reach out and want to meet. And sometimes we know something's going on or we'll connect with them. But we do it much more organically, relationally versus a transaction. I mean, it feels like they're just trying to put people in chairs and hire and pay them. And you and I probably both would agree that when you pay people to come and join you, they will get bought again inevitably. And so I think that's a short-term strategy and we just don't do it, which is why we have had perhaps some of the best retention in the industry. People are here because they want to be here, not because we wrote them a check. They're here because they believe in what we're doing. And so our, our recruitment is one of, we work hard. We want to hire people who want to be here. And I also don't necessarily believe in trying to break apart a harmonious relationship. If an agent is doing well at another firm, And they love it. Why would I want to come in and pull them apart from that? Something about that feels wrong to me. And I'm not trying to be a goody two shoes. It just doesn't feel right. And I know a lot of firms are doing that. And that's the path they're taking. I just don't want to be a part of that.
3: Well, yeah, you want agents who want to be there, obviously, and they. Um, and I totally, be- I agree with you. You know, if you recruit on price, they leave on price. Um, you know,
1: and or compensation every time.
3: So you know what? Yeah, is- and, and there has to be
1: a value to the r- culture, but there also has to be a value to the relationship. I mean, I said long a while ago when I was on a panel with um one of my competitors who is really aggressive and that he just calls and pays people and tries to get people to come, I said it's just like if you have a, a relationship in your uh, your dating world and you're with somebody that you love and somebody comes along and says, Look, I'll buy you a Rolls Royce. I'll get you a new house. I'll give you all this stuff. You know, it, first of all it seems gross and weird. And why would you want to do that? I mean, so it's just not how we do it. We don't you know, hire at the speed that they do and if that works for them. And so it's, we just have a different playbook and it's okay. I'm okay with how we're doing things.
3: Yeah, and I know most of our audience know, um, you know, your firm and and that. But just tell, uh, just so they know, how many agents do you currently have, and, and how many offices?
1: Well, we have nearly three thousand agents, almost fifty offices. We're in four states. We are in uh, Florida, New Jersey. We are in New York. We are in Connecticut, and. You know, we have part of our growth, as I said earlier, was the fact that we absorbed Halstead. Um, but our, our, our biggest, I would say, agent base is in New York City. Um, and we have offices throughout the city. We have offices in Riverdale and in Harlem. And so we are privately held. I like to call us the last woman standing because there's just no more of that anymore. It's a very different, um, business model. And so it's. it feels nice to be a part of a company that has the heart of a mom and pop. And this morning, Tracy, I met with about 20 of our executives. We sat in a room around the table, coffee, breakfast, and strategized for two hours. And You know, it's like we get to create and dream out loud together and make decisions. And I don't know that every company gets to do that, but I feel really privileged that I'm a part of that. Not everybody can, you know, they have shareholders, they have all this stuff. We don't have that. We do not have that.
3: Yeah. And and with your growth strategy, are you looking into moving into other markets? I mean, the markets you're in right now make sense from a feeder market to Florida and you know, things like yeah. that. Um, are you looking for other opportunities
1: or just um as they present themselves? No, we're always looking for other things. We we were looking at something recently. We did open in run back. Last year, we opened in Fire Island, and we're looking at a current opportunity now. So we call them tuck-ins. Sometimes we find a little company in an area that we like, and we'll buy it and then bring it in. So always open to it. It's just got to have synergy and make sense with the markets that we're currently in. And so we're open to it, but we're not just doing it growth for the sake of growth. We do it for a purpose, for it to make sense, right? And we're also probably a little more fiscally responsible um because we're private and we don't have tons of you know people throwing money at us we just we we stay very solvent and we're careful with what we do okay great um so let's i'm going to talk more personal
3: now um you know what i found is the the um executives that i interview they all have that aha moment multiple aha moments where they you know kind of Realized that they had to make a big jump to grow, or they had to change up their business model, or change up how they were doing things. Um, maybe it's a personal revelation for you. What was your aha moment, or the the one that maybe impacted you the most?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I it's a such a it's a, a a really good question, and I wouldn't say. I mean, there there are obviously plenty of moments where you say have light bulb. Like, oh, that's important. I think one of them that's a meaningful one for me professionally is that as I came over to Brown-Harris Stevens from a competitor, um, you remember, as I said, it's a legacy company. We didn't even have videos of properties when I joined. We did not have a lot of the things technologically. So um, what I saw as I, as I came to BHS and then as you looked around the industry, there was a lot of new um, technology and innovation happening around us. And what seemed very clear to me, as and the team was on board as well, is that we needed to start to build and invest in places that we hadn't. Otherwise, we would get left behind. Um, so, we did a bit of a pivot from just focusing on, you know, uh, culture and agents, which we still do, and started to really invest in tech and our platform and listing system and new tools and talent. And so, I think that was you know, I started to see that everything was like every, the competitors were really aggressive. Things were different. And I was like, we have to start to do things differently. We can't just rely on the fact that we have a great reputation and we manage buildings. We also need to provide the platform that not just the agents of today, but the agents of tomorrow. And I said, we have to build for the agents of tomorrow. And that was sort of a pivotal moment for all of us it wasn't just me. It was in, you know, in collaboration with the team. And so we started to build, invest, worked with a budget, hired people, and we started to get, now we have a company with also the, the brand, the reputation, but also the platform to support these agents. And that makes an incredibly powerful brokerage, I have to tell you. And we're still doing stuff all the time. It's innovate or die create, build or die. And we're doing it all the time. You have to have all of it. It can't just be tech. And it can't just be, you know, um, the brand and reputation, you need to really have all of it together. I mean, that agents expect that and they deserve it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, most brokerages now, you know, the technology that's it's table stakes, you you have to have it to survive to recruit to, you know, retain agents um where the difference comes is really in the value proposition of the brokerage the culture of the brokerage and that um how would you kind of define your value proposition or your culture
1: you know it is a culture that ha- that that is obviously professional and um and ethical and all of those things but it's a culture of showing up for each other um it's an in-person culture available for you accessible culture um you know, all of our executives after the pandemic, you know, have been coming into the office. All our employees, um, we make ourselves available, but we're committed to um, service and hospitality at the highest level, and taking care of people, clients, and agents. And when I, you know, people sometimes um, refer to us as a luxury company, and I say luxury doesn't mean the price point; it means the level of service and care that we give to agents and to our clients. And I think that's a little bit a little way that we distinguish ourselves from the others that we really care about, even if it, whether it's a rental or a high-end property, we want it to show up incredibly well. And we want people to feel like they're being seen and heard, agents and clients alike. And I think that keeps us, like I said, it's like we are a bit of a mom and pop. We care about the details. Um, And that, I think, is special, especially in today's environment, Tracy, especially. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know,
3: the last couple of years have been very transactional, rather than relationship um, focused. And I feel like a lot of agents are struggling now with having to move away from, obviously, that transactional relationship to a true relationship. That's right. Um, you know, so so that's something, if you've already built that into your culture, your agents are already ahead um,
1: just because of that. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that I'm sure that, you know, I think everybody is is sort of reckoning with is that the pandemic sort of put everybody at home and working. And a lot of, I think, still real estate Professionals still work a lot from home, even though they go out and show properties. And I can't underscore enough how important it is to come into your office and see your colleagues. What's going on? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Share, so share some food. Talk to the talk to your manager. Talk. You know, I I really, I think it also helps sitting in isolation or sitting alone, or I, I think it's a powerful thing to come in and congregate and see each other and, um, you know, we encourage that all the time. The more bodies that are in the office, the happier I am. Unless they're out showing properties, that's fine. But, you know, <laughs> you people want to, you want to see each other. You know, you want to, you want to, you want to, see, I mean, the pandemic gave us a lot of quality time with our loved ones. I love that I got to hang out with my two teenagers and, and my dog and watch movies. But um, at the end of the day, when I come to work, I want to be at work. I don't want to be at home working. I want to be in my office as a professional.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That in-person is so important. Um, And when you were talking about technology, I just want to talk about, um, you know, artificial intelligence has been at the forefront of many conversations recently. It's been um, kind of embedded in a lot of different real estate products throughout the years already. Um, but right. it's kind of coming to a new level. So, what are your thoughts? And are you know is your company working on anything um, from that aspect to uh, help your agents become more efficient or market better? Or-
1: yeah, I mean, my chief marketing officer was just here. He's got this whole new platform he's working on with AI, and he's got new ideas and new pitches. I mean, you can't, you cannot be here today in 2023 and not be thinking about this, talking about it and um, figuring out ways to implement it into your platform so of course we have new tools and and things that we're going to be um, presenting to the agents and i think what it will do is just allow uh, the agents to work more efficiently and the executives i think it will solve for so many things it doesn't solve for everything but it just will give you um, it will give you more time which i think is the beauty of ai and it, uh, forgetting about real estate, which I think will add a lot of value, but think about what it will do with, you know, in the healthcare industry and, and, and in medicine and all those things. I think there's a lot of incredible things coming our way in a lot of industries and um, real estate will definitely benefit greatly. Um, and we've already had some different things that we've used, information that you can gather on people and what you can assess from that. And so there's just so much more to come. It is overwhelming. You know, I think anytime there's change and this level of um, growth and um, technology, you know, people start to feel overwhelmed because it's new and you have to learn about it. But I think it, it will be very exciting if done the right way.
3: Yeah, and I feel like we've moved past the whole disruptor, you know, talk of many years ago where agents are realizing they're, they're not going to be disintermediated by any of this tech, that the the What we talked about before, the relationship aspect of real estate is so strong, and the trusted advisor side of it when you're you're purchasing you know a very expensive item, you know a house that most people are not comfortable just hitting a button and saying,
1: Okay, it's done, <laughs> so no, I mean Tracy, you just i mean thank you so much, I can't underline that enough what you just said is really sacred information you know there was all this talk like the disruption and agents are going away and you and I both know that is in fact that is so far from the truth agents have become as you said the valued um, expert for people I mean when you buy a home it's your typically your most expensive investment of your life ever it's your biggest purchase and people want to go in and understand see the property they're not going to buy it online and they want to talk to someone who has knowledge and expertise and and it's and even when they're selling their home think about when you're selling your home you know people are coming in your agent is coming in where you have where your children are where you you know your family sits and has dinner or if you lost a loved one it's maybe your mom's apartment or where if you're getting divorced it's it's all those bitter or sweet things and you're bringing someone in so close to you. It is an emotional commodity, and the valued advisor, as you refer to, um, has become even more valuable throughout this time. That's what we've seen. So disruption. You know that was a trendy word. I mean, people were loving to say, "Oh, disruption." Yeah, disruption is good, but the, the, the agent is is valuable today. Maybe perhaps more than they were than they were back. You know, five years ago.
3: And that kind of, you know, kind of leads well into my next question, which is really opportunity. I feel like this type of market really kind of spurs that innovation and opportunity for brokerage leaders and for agents um, and team leaders. So where are you seeing the most opportunity today
1: um, in the industry? So uh, where is the most opportunity for brokerage leaders is the question? you know, I think it's interesting because leadership today has changed so much in business. It used to be straight up business, you know, it was like very sort of this one line of like, you just talk about business, how do we make money? And that's it. And it was sort of devoid of emotion, right? It was it it, you weren't like considering feelings or what was going on. If there was chaos in the world, it was sort of this is business, we sell this, we do this, let's do it. And where I think there is incredible opportunity. And I've been lucky to benefit from it, is that you can be a human being in your leadership role. You can talk to or express when there's angst in the world, when there's another mass shooting. And you know people are, even though that's not related to real estate, you know there's pain in the air. We had um, an agent who's, um, who had a grandson who was killed in one of the shootings in Florida some years ago. And came crying. I get goosebumps right now telling you this story. You know, I get just, it's, it's, so we're dealing, people, these, they're human beings who are impacted and affected by everything that's going on. And where I think leadership, where you have this huge opportunity is to say, I see you. It's painful. It's horrible what's going on. And so what I do that I think a lot of leaders do and can do is I communicate. I write memos. I call them sort of loves, love, love notes uh, to a company and to people. And so we I connect with them when there's good and bad things going on. And it makes the agents feel seen and heard. And it's, it's almost like a validation of what is happening versus ignoring it. And it's not political. I want to be clear. It's apolitical. It's more about life is hard. And we're feeling it, and feel your feelings. We feel it with you, and so I think that's an opportunity because you bo- it, it, you bond with people in that way, and that's what I, I love about. I, at least I'm able to do that. Maybe it's because part of it is because this is a privately held company and have a lot of freedom to do that. I don't know that public companies would let you do that. I don't know, but I'm I'm grateful.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that you're right. I mean, it, it's not political. There's just a lot of the the aftermath of the pandemic has left, you know, a lot of people in not necessarily despair, but definitely impacted in, in ways that no one ever really knew, um, or that you can always sense. So different things happening in the country can definitely trigger those feelings again. And, and, Uh, you know, agents are, they've been back to business. They were in business during the pandemic. Um, you know, so, so yeah, I think that's, that human element is so important.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and I listen, I'm not saying it's easy. It's like, you have to thread the needle when it comes to that, but to ignore it, to ignore it or act like it doesn't exist because it's easier. Um, you know, they say the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference, right? It's like that lack of sitting idly by while just the pain is going through the world. And you just sit there like, well, I didn't see that. I just don't know how to do that. I don't, it's not in my DNA. I feel it, I see it, I, and I feel for you. And on a human level, that's the beauty of real estate because, you know, we're dealing, we're, We it's a relationship business and we're working with people who are going through these very, um, intense situations. And so we're showing up for them in that way. So it's sort of like a ripple effect. I'm glad we get to do it with our agents and with our clients. Um, it's really a great way to go through the world, to be able to feel and see and talk to people about it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's switch gears. We're going to pivot to business. Um, what have you found to be the greatest business lesson you've learned? Um,
1: you know, maybe let's let's put it to your current company, or could be before. Yeah. So maybe it was. I have to say, maybe seven years ago. I'm Not sure. Six, seven years ago, we were working on this uh, a new technology platform. Really expensive, intensive, all this stuff. And I was very frustrated with the team, with the things I wanted. And uh, the chairman of my company, uh, Will Zackendorf, who's a brilliant guy, was like helping and guiding and leading and doing a lot, you know, when we were were building this new system. Um, And his leadership is really what got us there. And in my frustration one day, uh, he came into my office, shut the door, and he looked at me and he said, Bess, sometimes you just got to fight with the army you have, not the army you want. And when he said that it's simple, right? It sounds simple, but it was just, it stopped all these moving pieces of going nowhere in my, in my head. And I said, you know what, this is the budget I have, you know, this is what we're working with and this is what we have to figure out. And so I use that for so much. When I see my budget, when I see when I have my team, when I, I say, you know what, this is the this is where we are. Maybe I can push a little this way or that way. But this is exactly this is what I have to fight with. And thinking about the what ifs or the or what I would dream about. Is a waste of my time. And so to me, that was a real aha light bulb moment in business. And I remind him of that sometimes and he laughed, but it's, it's the truth. You really do want to work with what you have. You know, it's like, it's like anybody you it's like anybody who's out there. I just sat down at a, at a, at lunch and some young man was talking to me about his future and what he should do. And I, it's the same thing. It's like, work with what you got. I said, what do you, what are you good at? That's for people too. don't try to, you know, be a singer if you can't sing, work with what you got. And it's, it's, you can apply it to everything. So I, I'm always grateful to Will for imparting that wisdom on me when I was in the scattered state of mind. And so I would say that personally and professionally work with what you got. Don't try to create things that you don't have. So that would be my piece of wisdom that I would share with everybody else. Thanks to Will.
3: I love that. I love that. It's a good one. Um,
1: Yeah, it is a good
3: one. I could, I'm going to take that too. (laughs) So, um, because that is a good lesson for me to learn. Um, You know, we can all do it. it. I have to remind myself,
1: Tracy, too, sometimes because we can all, I get carried away sometimes. So we have to always, I have to remind myself.
3: Yeah. So let's talk about inspiration, motivation, um, you know, any podcasts you're listening to books you're reading, um, where do you, you know, any coaches you're working with anybody, and you know, anybody who's really, or any, um, you know, book that's really inspiring you, motivating you right now.
1: Well, I, 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 um, for podcasts, I have so many that I love, but I will have to say my go-to that I listened to, to, Uh Professor Scott Galloway, who is an NYU professor and also a marketing guru. His name is he, on, the, on his podcast, is the Prof G, with G as in goat. Um, I love him. He's hilarious. He is so funny. I, I laugh so much at it, but he's also brilliant. And he breaks down what's going on in the world, in the market, and he understands marketing. Uh, he's a commentator on what's going on culturally. Um, he is to me, like, I love Prof. G. He's somebody I listen to all the time. And so he, he's one. The other one that I love is Super Soul, which is Oprah's. And she has great guests, but also sometimes she just talks about things about life, about struggles, about relationships, about anything, hard times. I, I listen to that. Um, and Howard Marks, who is the head of o- the chairman of Oak Tree Capital. If you're interested in knowing more about, you know, the stock market or markets in general and history, and he's like a Warren Buffett type, younger, a little younger, uh, super smart, savvy. That's a great podcast. I, I definitely, I love that one. Um, so those are just some of them. There's so many, the all in podcast is another good one. You know, podcasts, there's just so many, it's like, I look at my library sometimes and I have like so many, it's hard to choose, but those are the ones I listen to a lot. Um, and for books, you know, I have so many books that I love. Some of my go-tos I love, um, I'm, have you heard of Malcolm Gladwell? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. So uh, one of my favorites is outlier. The current book that I am, and I love all Jim Collins business books from good to great. All of those are fantastic. So I, I, I would encourage those. Um, but I have my latest book, uh, is Dr peter Athea, who is a doctor who advises on wellness and it's this big thick book on how to live how to take care of yourself and so i've been i've been reading that just because it's sort of a dive into health and taking care of yourself and you know the latest thing that i've been doing is the are these cold plunges that you do you have you tried them i have you've tried them yeah yeah yeah, they're they're not for the faint of heart, but it's a there's a place here in New York City called Remedy, which is on Twenty First mm-hmm. Street, and they it's a six minute, thirty nine degrees. You plunk, you go in, and um, I'm doing one this weekend, and they're just they're fantastic. They're just they, I don't know how good they are for you, but what they are good for is your mindset. It feels like you can overcome and tackle like the fact that I can do those. I feel like there's almost anything I'm not afraid of now because I was afraid to do it. And I, you know, that saying you have to enter the caves you most fear. So that was one of those caves I feared and I got it tackled. So yeah,
3: yeah, I've only done it, it once. Um, And I but what I do now is I just do the cold face plunge. I do that every morning. I know.
1: <laughs> Wait, is there is there, oh, I just but that's something I, thing, whatever it yeah, is. I mean,
3: just I don't know, it makes me feel better and um but I am really into the, it's good for yeah, you the wellness and, and all of that as well. So um and I asked this question. Selfishly, and taking care of yourself. So, yeah, yeah, because then I find great podcasts to listen to when I ask this question too. So <laughs> so yeah.
1: I mean it's it's so hard to like to listen to all of the ones that you like, but if you know, if you like irreverence and you're wit and you're witty. Um, I'm telling you, you know, Scott Galway. my mom sent me an email over the weekend because she, uh, you know, loves him too. Yeah. And so he's just, um, he's my kind of guy, yeah. love him, love him, love him. And he's not for everybody because he says a lot of irreverent things, but that's my sense of humor. So, i um, I, I love him. So I would encourage people if they want to chuckle. I
3: love, um, I've been listening to On Purpose, Jay Shetty's um, podcast. Oh, I love,
1: I have, I have that too. I love Jay Shetty.
3: Yeah. I love him too. And Tim Ferriss. Yep. And I'm not as big a fan of his celebrity interviews as I am with when he brings in the experts or he does his own little 30 minute podcast. I love, I love that. those. So, Me too. I love
1: those. Yeah. Well, because they're very informative. He he also comes up with really incredible um, quotes. I mm-hmm. follow him and read a lot of his stuff.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and he's such a heartfelt. He was a monk, yeah. right? Wasn't yeah. he a monk for a little
3: while? Yeah, he was. His
1: whole story is is so deeply interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's that. There's a guy that's just in the universe to spread love and yeah. joy. And he's, he's here for the greater good. You know, he's here for the greater good. That's enough. You're right. That's enough. What other podcasts do you like, Tracy, besides that one?
3: Oh gosh, I don't even know the, the names of them. I like um, the Roxy Nafusi. She has one. I can't remember what it's called, but she does a lot of the manifesting, but from a... Um, there's also a, a neuroscience um, manifesting, so it's a I can't remember. See, I don't remember the Love names. Of them. I just listen. You know, I just pull them up. Um, but they do. It's a I whole, just press
1: play. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's a whole um, podcast that talks about the neuroplasticity of the brain and how no matter what age you are, you can change. And it's coming from a science based background, um, even though the ideas sound very like out there woo woo. But it's science is proven that they actually make a difference. Yeah,
1: yeah. The woo, the woo woo. The, you know, a lot of stuff that I've read has been about with with the brain and neuroplasticity. Is you know, you really have to use it. You kind of have to read. You have to keep the mind busy. Sitting idle and and there's certain things to avoid. So and obviously physically moving yourself, being active, eating well. And the other thing I bet you've read, which I think is important for everyone is sleep. I cannot underscore enough how important a good night's sleep is. I would, you know, I'm always trying to get home so that I can get enough hours in so I will feel good the next day. You know, we all know we feel shortchanged when we have three hours of sleep.
3: No, no, I track it with my little
1: aura ring. Um, I, oh, you have, I had the whoop, I had the whoop for a while that was telling me how how I was sleeping and yeah. So there's ways to track it, but you know, listen, we got to take care of ourselves, right? We're not going to be here forever. And so while you're here, you want to have good quality of life. I just sat when I was sitting next to this kid talking to him, he was like all had all these concerns. I said, how old are you? And he said, I'm 23. I said, kid, you're a (laughs) time billionaire. You got your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. I said, you're going to, I said, I said, you have your health, you have your rent paid mm-hmm. for, he lives with his parents. I said, go out there, brother, you can yeah. do it. It's all up to you. It's all what you think, like go get yeah. it. And so it was, it was, It. it is true. I say to my kids too, and they call me Dr. Mm-hmm. Phil. So whatever. Yeah. Well, I they do tease with my me.
3: kids as well. And I have a 17 year old. I know you said you have teenagers. Me have too. Tw- yeah. I have a 27 year old, so I'm constantly sending them little you know, quotes and podcasts <laughs> to listen to and, and things like that. Like if you, if you believe it, you can achieve
1: it. <laughs> and you, if yes. I'll if you it. see it, you can be it. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, listen, it's good. Listen, we're here. And so happy yeah. early mother's day to you then. Yes. To yeah. You as it's well. coming up on Sunday. Yeah. Yes. 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 Greatest gift in the world is being a mom. Yeah. So your 17 year old is a junior? He's a senior. School? My son senior, is a okay. Yes. And my okay. daughter, who's 20, she's a, she's a junior uh, in Boston at, at Berklee School of Music, singer, songwriter. Oh, I'll wow. see them both. I have, I have lunch with them. They're coming in this weekend, Saturday. And then Sunday, we go to see my mom, who's 81 and lives in right Ryback. And we have like a big, huge, chaotic gathering of noisy, loud Jewish yeah. people screaming at each other, <laughs> eating a lot of food. That's what every that meal is like, like in that. my family. Yeah. All we care about is the food. Like what are we eating? Shut up. And that's really that's that's what it's about is the food. It's really no different yeah. from my
3: husband's big Italian family. It's the same way. So.
1: Same yeah. same thing. In the thing. exactly. So, mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. That should be fantastic. Yeah,
3: that's great. So, we took a little path yeah. pop- off of the, uh, sorry about Um, that. Yes. no, I love it. This is what it's all about. It's just kind of connecting. And, um, that's what I love about the podcast too, is the different paths we can take. Um, so, but I will go into the next question. You know, there are a lot of brokers who are listening to this, who are looking to expand and, and haven't, um, and what advice do you have for them as they look to grow their business? So if this is for real estate agents, you're saying? right? I would say this is for agents or or team leaders or or even brokers of smaller firms who are
1: looking to expand. Um, Yeah, it's listen, if you're looking, the question is, you have to figure out what your why is, I think before you do anything, figure out why you want to expand. Because if you're just expanding, because you just think it's the right thing, and you just want to try to make more money and you know, figure out why is it, you know, because sometimes you don't need to expand, you have enough where you are and with who you're working with, to maybe more to make more money within what you have. Um, And for agents and teams and that kind of thing, you know, it always looks like people are doing better than you. That's just how it is. Like the perception is really the reality for people. But uh, the truth is that many times people are struggling, despite what you see on Instagram, it looks like people are just you know, selling stuff, they're making all this money. You know, the reality is that people work really hard to be successful in this business. So don't pay attention to what you see on social media, focus on yourself, build a better you, a stronger you. And again, know, know your product, go in and see as much uh, inventory as you can. And I can't emphasize this enough, go into the office, meet with your colleagues, talk to people, learn what you can, go to meetings, go to all that stuff and try to build a stronger, better you. I think there's a lot of opportunity just within yourself. People are always looking outwards to try to figure things out versus sort of what you have and making that better and stronger. I mean, just growing and having more people doesn't make you better. And a lot of time people think that, Profits are not a purpose and growth for the sake of growth is nothing. But if you're trying to just grow to get better because you think you'd be in in this market would help this market. and would work well together. And, then, then you have something. But don't, don't forget, don't underestimate the power of building a better you. Being, being well prepared, um, working harder, showing up earlier, going into the office, knowing the inventory, knowing how to pitch it better, do it on an iPad, getting your st- stuff together versus looking every place else. I think sometimes we forget to look at ourselves and figure out um, how to be better at what we do. Don't chase. Don't chase things. That's never good. Work on you. And and I think that is always a recipe for success, even for brokerages that are thinking about wanting to get bigger. um, I would fix the broken pieces before you try to expand and then decide where it makes sense. Yeah, because I think there's this idea that just got to grow, got to get big, got to be everywhere that doesn't always work. As we've seen in the news as of late, a lot of people are losing a lot of money because they want it to grow so much so fast everywhere. And they may be everywhere, but guess what? You're everywhere losing money. And so if that's the goal, you know, Mazel Tov, bravo. But our goal is to create a great culture, have really talented agents show up well, and we would love to be able to make some money too and not lose money. That's really what we're trying to do. And we'll grow at a slow, we're, we're the tortoise. You can be the hare. We'll be slow and steady every day, all day, because we're going to get there the right way. Not to be a goody two shoes, but. That's what I think.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so my last question is just: What does the future hold for your firm? Oh, the future! I think you
3: just told me. I did. Of, I, but, I yeah. did. Yeah.
1: Listen, the future, like <laughs> the future for us, is any and everything. Um, there's there could be new, new, new places that we open up if we think it makes sense. New talent all the time. We're looking to hire uh, new people. We just, you know, we have a whole new branding campaign that we did uh, that we're still doing. We're doing another launch of that. Um, and the fun just continues. There's, I would just say mucho, mucho, mucho. There's so many things for us, uh, in the future at Brown hair Stevens. And, um, to me, it's the best company that there is. It's a graduate school for real estate. It's for people who are serious about, uh, working in the real estate world, not for fluff and spin, but for, uh, being a professional and having a purpose. And that's what we do every day, all day. And we have a lot of fun. We, we really, we have a great we have a lot of a lot of fun together we have a lot of respect for each other and that's that's what feels so good about this place tracy that's why i'm so i feel very lucky just got to say very lucky girl
3: well, Bess, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast, um, and congratulations on being a game changer and uh, the the mother of a new graduate,
1: because he'll be graduating this year, right? So Or she? I- well, he's actually, he, Jakey, okay. my Jakey, well, is not graduating this year. Okay. It'll be next year. Okay. Uh, but whatever it is, he can take his time. I prefer he takes his time <laughs> so I can yeah. spend more time with him on the weekends hugging him, which he <laughs> doesn't right. necessarily like. That's right. Right? So. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tracy. Wonderful, wonderful host. I love talking to you.
3: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for
0: listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.